Welcome to the Chiropractors Association of Australia podcast. The CAA is, of course, the peak body representing the chiropractic profession in this great country of ours, and I'm your podcast host, Anthony Goxon. Our CAA podcast will explore the science, art, philosophy, and politics of chiropractic both here and internationally. And indeed, our guest, as you'll see today, is a very international chiropractor. We'll be reviewing the latest research to see how we can continue to use the evidence base to drive clinical practice. We'll also explore a range of ways that chiropractors can strive for excellence in practice and achieve the best possible outcomes for their patients. Our guest today is Secretary General of the World Federation of Chiropractic. And if you were present in Cairns for the CAA AGM Congress just a month or so ago, you may have heard this gentleman speak. So all the way from Toronto, I'm talking about, of course, Dr. Richard Brown. Richard, welcome to the CAA podcast. Anthony, thank you for having me. It's wonderful to be here. We've had a bit of a scratchy time with our Skype connection, but I think we're okay for the moment. So we'll just keep working on through and hopefully uh, our listeners can hear uh, all of what uh, you have to say. Now, I did see uh, when I uh, did a little Google on where you were in Toronto, that's, that's quite close to the, to the U.S. border. You must uh, be hop, skipping and jumping, I suppose, into the U.S. and all over the world in your role with WFC. Well, it's certainly uh, getting me very familiar with airports, Anthony, I have to say. Uh, as, you, as you rightly say, Toronto is quite close to the U.S. border and about an hour and a half down the road, you're crossing over at Niagara Falls and you're into New York State. Um, I, uh, I fly into the States a lot. I've been approximately 14 times so far this year. And next week I'm heading off to uh, Arizona uh, for what I think will be my last trip into the U.S. Uh, for 2016. Well, it sounds like a busy year. Before we get to talking more about the WFC, just perhaps can you give us a little bit of background of your sort of personal healthcare journey? Yes, of course. It's, uh, it's, it's nothing that's going to be rivetingly exciting. I have to say, I know when I talk to so many chiropractors, they, uh, they, they have a road to Damascus moment where they receive a life-changing adjustment yes. or, or they have a relative that is miraculously helped by chiropractic. But I grew up in a very rural part of, of the United Kingdom uh, in the far southwest of, uh, uh, of the country in Devon and Cornwall. And, uh, and everyone that I was at school with me ended up doing something to do with agriculture. And uh, right. uh, for some reason, I was attracted to uh, to chiropractic. So no previous experience? How, how did you sort of come to hear about chiropractic? Because imagine osteopathy would have been um, uh, more popular in the UK. Well, you know, it, it's, um, I mean, where I grew up, osteopaths and chiropractors, uh, people knew them because I grew up in a farming community. And as you know, you know, 99.9% of farmers have back problems. So yes. most people went to see somebody about their back. Um, but as you rightly say, there are approximately twice as many osteopaths in the United Kingdom as there are chiropractors. But um, but but I was I was in the sort of lonely and wayward group when I was at college and didn't really know what direction I wanted to go in. And my biology lecturer uh, recommended chiropractic. He knew a couple of students who had gone on and gone down to Bournemouth to train to be a chiropractor and seemed to be doing okay. And um, and so with with little other choices in mind, I applied for the prospectus from AECC, which back in 1986 amounted to about four pages. Right. And, uh, and, 
on the basis of that, uh, I took the plunge, applied, started the course in 86 and qualified in 1990. Fantastic. So Anglo-European College of Chiropractic, uh, did you practice in the UK for a while before moving across to Canada? I practiced for 25 years, Anthony. I uh, qualified in 1990. I started work uh, in a practice in London. Uh, I then moved west and I went to Bristol uh, in the west of England. Um, before I, I settled and I uh, finished up in practice in a small market town about an hour north of Bristol called Stroud. And many people would never have heard of Stroud. Um, it has a few claims to fame. It was the it was the home of the uh, the author of Thomas the Tank Engine. Okay. Uh, it was where the it was where the lawnmower was invented. I mean, it really is the center of the universe, as you can as you can imagine. But, uh, but it, it really is, um, you know, it, it's it's in the heart of the Cotswolds. It's a beautiful part of of the world. And if any of your listeners have ever been to the Cotswolds, uh, you they will know exactly uh, exactly what I mean. I'm very blessed to live there, uh, and and still have a home in in Stroud itself. And you've moved across to Canada. So despite uh, you know loving life in the UK, what was the reason for the move to Canada? Well, I mean, the World Federation was uh, was, was was formed in, in 1988. It's always been uh, based in Canada. Um, my predecessor, uh, David Chapman Smith, uh, was based in Canada. And when he started the World Federation of Chiropractic, he was actually still working for the Ontario Chiropractors Association. So he had close, close links with Canada, even though he's a native Kiwi. Right. So your reason for moving was very much associated with the WFC connection. Oh, very much so. Um, I was, you know, very settled in practice. I'd been in practice for, as I say, 25 years. Um, this was not on the radar at all. Um, but um, but but when it was announced that uh, that David Chapman Smith was going to retire, uh, and the advertisement went out, and a couple of people you know, suggested that it's something that I might want to apply for. Um, you know, it was an opportunity that was too good to miss. Well, you mentioned how it started in, uh, or the WFC started in 1988, and I was, in fact, at the World Chiropractic Congress in Sydney where um, the inauguration was. That must have been a... Were you uh, involved way back then? No, I mean, I, I hadn't graduated back in 1988. I was still at ACC at that time. Uh, and on a meagre student income, there was no way I could get to Sydney, unfortunately. But I, I, I heard and read reports and uh, and took an interest early on in the uh, in the work of the WFC, and um, and have really seen how it's unfolded to become what it is now. In fact, I've just done the maths. I think we were because I was also a third year uh, chiropractic student at that time. But of course, the meagre salary was at least enough to get me from Melbourne to Sydney. It's a bit further to come right across the other side of the world for a seminar, of course. But uh, interesting that Australia was chosen as the uh, as the launching place for the uh, uh, WFC. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you know, Australia has a very has had an extremely important role to play in the development of the WFC. On a number of fronts, there have been some very uh, prolific chiropractic uh, uh, involvement, and and uh, uh, it, it certainly had a had an important role to play. And of course, uh, the WFC returned to uh, uh, to Australia in 2005, and and I was present at that one, and I and I took my whole family uh, with me, and so my wife and my daughters uh, came across to Australia, and we had a fantastic time um, uh, at Darling Harbour and, and around. About and for thought that Sydney was uh, the most amazing place. 
Fantastic. So let's talk a bit more about the WFC. What what exactly is it? What does it do? And what's your role? Well, I mean that's a, that's a that's a great question. I mean to put it put to put it in a nutshell, the WFC really is the international voice of the chiropractic profession. As you say, it, it's been around for about twenty eight years now, um, and it, what it does is it brings it, it brings the chiropractic world together under one umbrella. And, uh, and we now represent um, the interests of 88 countries uh, in seven world regions. So the regions that, that uh, the WFC has uh, under its structure are Africa, Asia, Eastern Mediterranean and Middle East, the European region down in Latin America, uh, North America, and then last but very much not least, the Pacific region. Uh, which, of course, where uh, where Australia, New Zealand, Papua New Guinea are members uh, in that particular region. So, so that's really the 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 overall structure. So, our voting members are the national associations of these 88 countries. Yeah. But what do we stand for? What what is it that the what is it the WFC actually stands for? Well, it's it's not a body that is that is worried about. Uh, the way that a chiropractor practices, as long as it's ethical and patient-centered, of course, uh, it's not worried about the philosophy that an individual chiropractor has. It doesn't worry about the technique that a chiropractor uses. Basically, the WFC has four pillars, and those four pillars are support, empowerment, promotion, and unity. And so everything we do as a federation has to be linked back to one of those those four things. So it gives us a very solid structure upon which we we base our activities. So we really advocate for the chiropractic profession. We advocate for legislation. We advocate for high standards of uh, education. We advocate for research. We advocate for for ethical patient centered practice. Um, really, the things that I'm sure all of your listeners share. Mm, indeed. So so you're the funding for. Um... WFC, I'm assuming, comes from those um, member countries that you were talking about. Yeah, that's right. The way the way that the WFC is funded is that uh, countries pay dues based on the numbers of chiropractors that they have within their national association. Right. Uh, so Australia, of course, is a is a significant contributor to the WFC. It's our third largest national association member. And, uh, and has a very important role to play. As well as uh, dues from uh, our constituent members, we also have corporate members, uh, which are organizations that share the vision and the goals and the mission of the World Federation of Chiropractic. And we also get support from educational institutions. As I say, we very much promote high standards of education um, and we promote education. We've, in fact, we've just come back from Montreal where we've had um, our biennial education conference which was very exciting um, and many of those education conferences uh, and education institutions sympathize with what we do as a federation and support us um, to promote those aims and objectives. I would imagine that the uh, WFC would have a very important role to play in developing countries or those countries where um, the presence or the chiropractic footprint is quite small. Um, I'm assuming, in fact, I think I recall you talking about uh, a development in one of those smaller companies, uh, countries rather that WFC was quite involved in recently. Well, yes, we, we um, I mean, there are countries that are very, very established and have everything. And there are countries that have very little. 
So from a national association point of view, you know, we often work with, with people who are essentially are pioneers. They're the president of their national association, largely because they're the only chiropractor practicing in that country. There you go. Um, so some of our countries are very much in their developmental stage. Um, and, and, and they really are fantastic people to work with because, you know, they've gone from a, from a position of relative comfort, uh, often into an environment which, which, is, which is challenging. Challenging. Uh, they're bringing something completely new. They may encounter a degree of skepticism with what they do. Um, and so uh, so working with these groups and helping them to establish themselves and particularly helping them to, to grow by forming a link between them and the, the Ministry of Health in their in their country um, is, is a very interesting part of the work that I do. And for example, I, I, I was working earlier this week with the uh, Ministry of Health in Uganda. Um, and we have a couple of chiropractors working in Uganda who uh, work within a hospital environment providing chiropractic services. Um, it, it, chiropractic is relatively little known, but there is a huge need, not just in Uganda, but in, in the entirety of Africa for, uh, for chiropractic services. I spend a month working as a chiropractor in uh, Botswana last year as part of World Spine Care, where I work with under serve communities in a remote location and you know these are environments Anthony where if if you have back pain and you can't work then you can't eat yes. and you can't feed your family yeah uh, and 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 really the, the impact of spinal pain and spinal disorders is absolutely enormous so the work of these chiropractors who go into these areas with very few resources you know the WFC needs to support these these countries as much as they can Absolutely, and what a what a great story that would be. I mean, the countries like that, of course, won't have unemployment benefits or many other social services that go uh, hand in hand with you know an injured worker or, or, or a sick person. So um, anything that can get them well quickly and uh, ability to earn an income is absolutely essential. Um, what about with the uh, World Health Organization? What sort of um, uh, relationship does WFC have with WHO? Well. Uh, Anthony, we have been a, uh, a non-governmental organization in official relations with the World Health Organization uh, since 1997. So next year celebrates 20 years of our status as an NGO. And, you know, for a chiropractic organization, that is a big deal. And, uh, and, and, and let me tell you that there are only 212 NGOs listed with the World Health Organization. And, and we've been one of those for nearly 20 years. Um, I think it's an extremely important area of work. Um, one of the most fundamental and important documents that's been produced, uh, which was produced in conjunction between the World Health Organization and the World Federation, was the 2005 um, guidelines on basic training and safety in chiropractic. Yes. And of course, uh, a past president of the WFC, Dr. John Sweeney, was was very much involved in the production of, of that document. And that has been quite instrumental in the development of chiropractic and chiropractic education around the world and still continues to be. Um, but that's not all we do with the World uh, World Health Organization. I mean, we are currently involved in a number of departments. Um, we have two chiropractors working, working there full time. And this is really as a result of fellowship uh, opportunities that came about through the WFC's link with the WHO. Um, Marie Robinson-Nickel uh, is a senior technical officer in the classifications department. She's working 
working on ICD coding and has been for the last eight or nine years. And Dr. Nicole Hom is also working full time at the uh, at the World Health Organization. So we've got a whole range of things that we do. We're involved in disability and rehabilitation, and we're on we're on the standing committee of that uh, of that uh, department. We're involved in health healthy aging, we're involved in social determinants of health, people-centered care, global health workforce. Uh, we have a project that we're currently uh, working with the Swiss Paraplegic Institute, which is a WHO collaborating center in Switzerland, um, and colleagues, uh, Professor Pierre Cote, who is on our research council, and Dr. Ellen Arten, who is a postdoc from Norway, uh, are working to, um, to produce a course set in the diagnosis of uh, and, and management of low back pain and that's for the entirety of healthcare that's not just for chiropractic so we're really having a, an instrumental and important part to play in, in the work of the uh, WHO and I want to develop that even further. Now one uh, acronym that you used a little um, earlier which just some uh, listeners might not might not be familiar with NGO. NGO is a non-governmental organization right um, so there are there are just over 200 of those in uh, uh, in the WHO, but basically we we are an organisation that operates remote from from government control. Uh, the WFC is a not-for-profit organisation, so everything that any any surplus that we may get, we plough back into undertaking work on behalf of the chiropractic profession, advocating for the chiropractic profession, uh, and improving the conditions uh, and the status of chiropractic worldwide. And it all sounds like you're doing a fantastic job. How does it work when, um, and say, for example, the, you were talking about with some of the relationships with Switzerland, for example, I imagine they would have their own national organization. Uh, do you work hand in hand in your relationship with that organization, with programs that they have running in their country? Well, we, we, we support, help to support a range of projects that occur in a number of countries, not just in Switzerland. And it's interesting you mentioned Switzerland because I talked briefly earlier about Botswana and I talked about Uganda and I talked about countries that may only have one or two chiropractors working there. Switzerland is is the, the Rolls-Royce of chiropractic in many ways. Um, they have worked very hard over the last century to really establish the status of uh, of chiropractic. They are recognized and registered as one of the six official medical uh, organizations in uh, in Switzerland. And uh, and their training of chiropractors in Switzerland is taken takes place at the University of Zurich. They have a six year program, a two year residency and one year working with a uh, with a with an established chiropractor. So it's nine years before they can start up their own uh, their own practice. Um, but because they've set such high standards of practice, they're very well thought of in their country. Mm. Um, they have a very active continuing professional development academy. Um, and uh, and really they've they they've taken the tough road, Anthony, to be honest. They've they they've rejected opportunities to to do things you know that make things slightly easier. What they've done is they've set the very highest standards for themselves throughout. Um, and you may say, well, that sounds typically Swiss, but they are a uh, they're a unique people. They're a wonderful people. I've worked very closely with uh, uh, with with some of the Swiss chiropractors and they have a very, um, very active and, and very engaged association. So they their um, students. Do they study side by side the medical doctors going through? They do the first three years of their of their uh, study at the University of Zurich. 
uh, is, uh, is it takes place alongside the medical students. And then as the course progresses, uh, the chiropractic students veer more towards uh, biomechanics and technique. Uh, whereas the medical students will focus more on on the medical side of care, the pharmaceutical interventions and uh, and more internal medicine. So uh, so, but but what it means in Switzerland, Anthony, is that there is no um, clash or conflict uh, between doctors of chiropractic and doctors of medicine because they know each other, they socialise with each other, they marry each other, they have yes. children together. You know, these are, and, and this is what helps to break down the barriers. And, uh, you know, we see this in a number of countries. And, and, and one of the things the WFC tr tries to facilitate is collaborative working, collaborative teamwork between health professions, which really is the future of healthcare. And it's what patients want. Absolutely. It's definitely things that the way uh, that we're moving towards. And I think chiropractors or the chiropractic profession on a whole may have in certain countries dragged their feet a little bit with, uh, with that. I, I, I think it was uh, John Kelly who once said that if, um, if chiropractic was a, a kindergarten student, the report might be uh, that it doesn't necessarily play well with others. Uh, so despite the fact that we do a terrific job, I think that's the, the one area that I see that we need to be more involved with is uh, collaborating and with other professions and obviously with WFC's links to World Health Organization and programs like uh, that they have in Switzerland, that's certainly a step in the right direction. Well, Anthony, it's, it's about breaking down barriers, I think. And and, and I think what, what, you know, the, the analogy that you drew there, I think has, you know, has certainly a, a ring of truth about it. But I think things are moving very much in the right direction. Things are moving positively. There are some great examples. Um, I mean, in the United States, we have the Veterans Affairs Administration, uh, and I was privileged enough to be in Washington earlier this year and actually went into the VA uh, and listened to the work that, that the chiropractic uh, profession was doing with the, with the Veterans Administration. Less than 10 years ago, uh, chiropractic in the VA treating forces veterans, and there are 22 million uh, veterans in the US uh, receiving care within this administration. Um, the investment in chiropractic was $1,000. Well, if I tell you in 2015, that investment was $22 million, that tells you about the value that chiropractic is clearly demonstrating. And what we're seeing now is that chiropractic is a very valued part uh, of, uh, of the VA. And if you look at the United States in general, there is an increasing role being recognized for chiropractors because of the opioid crisis. Indeed. And I'm sure that this is a this is an issue that you are experiencing in Australia. It's certainly happening in the UK. It's happening in Canada. It's happening in the US. Almost everywhere around the world, opioid abuse and overuse and addiction is becoming an epidemic and a crisis. In the United States, it kills more people than road traffic accidents. It's the biggest cause of heroin um, addiction um, in middle-aged women um, and it's, it's an absolutely catastrophic uh, situation and the Surgeon General only a few weeks ago in the United States advocated uh, and pleaded with MDs to stop prescribing opioids. Now chiropractic can be part of the solution for that with a non-drug non-surgical intervention chiropractic can really make a difference. Uh, it's not the total solution but certainly you know the, the evidence supporting chiropractic intervention intervention uh, for spinal disorders now is such that it's a it's a very valid intervention certainly in preference to uh, to, to drug interventions that, that create uh, addiction and misery very very quickly so uh, WFC have got a few events and educational conferences and things like that coming up tell us about what's uh, in the pipeline 
Well, we, we've had a very busy month, uh, Anthony, to be honest. We have just uh, literally finished our um, uh, our education conference. These take place every two years. Um, and, um, and we had nearly 30 education institutions, chiropractic institutions around the world represented. Um, each of our WFC regions was represented by a chiropractic uh, institution. Uh, we met in Montreal in Canada. We met over three days. Uh, and it was a very successful conference. And um, uh, the theme of the conference was chiropractors, tomorrow's spine care experts. Back in two th 2005, the, uh, uh, the WFC undertook an identity consultation. And the outcome of that identity consultation, which was absolutely profession-wide, the identity was that chiropractors are healthcare experts, uh, um, spinal healthcare experts in the healthcare system. And, um, and the theme of this conference was very much about, well, that was the identity back in 2005. Um, are, is the training for chiropractors now in 2016 meeting the objective of what the society expects of us as, as spinal healthcare experts? So we had some great discussions, great plenary um, uh, sessions and debates. Um, it's great to hear how people are doing. Um, and you've got some programs that are, that are just starting up, some that are very established. But that was a very successful conference. So that was two weeks ago. But now we're head down and we're focused on our next big event, which is our biennial uh, WFC Congress. Um, these started, you mentioned, um, back in 19. 1988 in, in Sydney, uh, and every two years since then, the uh, WFC has hosted its uh, biennial congress. Uh, but next year is going to be very, very special. We're re really excited about it because we're partnering with two other organizations, um, which is the Association of Chiropractic Colleges and the American Chiropractic Association. We're partnering with those to host um, a grand event in Washington, D.C. between the 15th and the 18th of March. And it's called DC 2017. And the whole thrust is about how chiropractors can impact spinal health. And we are very, very excited about the program that we've got. It's going to be, uh, uh, we've got some fantastic keynote speakers. Uh, we're opening with the uh, Speaker of the House of Representatives uh, of, uh, of the US. We have other political figures, but we're also bringing in some very interesting figures from outside the profession as as well as having the very cream of what uh, uh, of what we have to offer from our own profession. You know, we've got workshops on biomechanics, on neurology, on, on pediatrics, sports, seniors, practice management. There really is something for everyone. But it's also a very important scientific meeting. And uh, and, and to, to really reflect the, the how excited people are about this event, we had just under 400 research uh, abstract submissions. Uh, wow. We are going to have a hundred, just over a hundred of those as uh, platform presentations during the uh, during the uh, the event itself, and we have two hundred posters that we will be displaying. So it really is an unmissable event in Washington D.C. As I say, it's March fifteen to eighteen, and the website is dc2017.org. Very very simple. But if, if if there's any of your listeners who are who are looking at coming to one event uh, outside Australia in the next twelve months. DC 17 is definitely the one to go for. It sounds very, very exciting. I'm sure there's probably a lot of uh, Australians that have already committed to coming along and, and many more after hearing uh, this podcast that uh, might just consider a, a working holiday in uh, in the USA. And uh, DC 2017 seems like uh, the, the apt time to, to make the trip over. 
Absolutely. It's going to be a cracking event. I mean, notwithstanding the conference, Washington, D.C., what an iconic place to visit. You've got the Smithsonian uh, Museums. You've got the White House. You've got the Capitol Building. Uh, you've got the Jeff- uh, the, the Memorial Buildings. So it's, it is an exciting place to visit. But uh, but it really there's really going to be a buzz. Uh, we have a lot of students involved, a lot of students engaged. Um, you know, there's very much a focus that the WFC has on on millennials. One of our one of our uh, WFC council members, Michelle Myers, has had huge experience working with students, and and it's really her passion. Um, and typically, one of the things that happens at at, uh, at at this event when the ACA host it in their normal uh, years outside of the WFC Congress is that they have a whole group of students, um, several hundred, who will march up to uh, the Capitol building. Um, and lobby uh, uh, senators and congressmen um, to uh, you know to advocate for chiropractic services and to spread the word of chiropractic. So they will be with us, uh, and so we will really have the whole gamut of chiropractic there in in uh, DC 2017, 15th to 18th of March. Richard, uh, thank you so much for being part of our CAA podcast today. I think uh, David Chapman Smith should uh, rest at ease. His shoes have been filled. Uh, very, very well, and it sounds like you're doing a, a great job for for the profession internationally. Anthony, you're you're very kind. So thank you for tuning in to the CA podcast. Uh, we've been talking with um, with Richard, of course, uh, Richard Brown from the WFC. Uh, tune in next time for our next podcast, which we'll be releasing in about two weeks' time. Have a beautiful day. Thank you. <laughs>